Welcome to the first episode of the European Wound Management Association podcast series, season three. The season is devoted to reflecting on the last 30 years of humour and how wound management has developed in that period. In this episode, we will be discussing what has changed in the field of wound management since the creation of Yuma in 1991. My name is Samantha Holloway. I'm a reader and programme director in the Centre for Medical Education, School of Medicine based at the College of Life and Biomedical Sciences at Cardiff University in the UK. I'm also the chair of the Education Committee and Teacher Network of Yuma. I'm very pleased to welcome Professor Jan Applequist and Professor Finn Gottrup. Jan is a previous president of Yuma and associate professor at the Department of Endocrinology, University of Scan in Malmo. He's also one of the leading figures in the push for a greater focus on the diabetic foot ulceration in a time with increasing diabetes cases. Finn Gottrup is Professor of Surgery. By many, he's considered the grandfather of wound healing in Denmark and one of the leading figures within the field internationally. He was involved in the establishment of Yuma in 1991 as one of the few members outside the UK and also previously served as president of Yuma. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'd just like to start by asking you both, um, you've been engaged in the field of wound management for many years. Can you think of any challenges related to wound management you faced early on in your wound healing journey that you would now say has been solved or at least reduced during your time in practice? Perhaps, Jan, I could ask you to start first. Well, the most important changes in the beginning was that uh, in the early days, people didn't realize the importance of patients with uh, hard-to-heal wounds or slow, slow healing wounds. They didn't realize the extent of the problem because the patients were everywhere and nowhere. And uh, after some, the, some decades, people started not only to understand the volume epidemiologically, but also the substantial extensive effort it was for resources and on a patient perspective to achieve success. And also historically, uh, it was that there were very limited options. So it has been a substantial improvement with regarding to options, actually, how to treat uh, various kinds of wounds. Mm. Okay, thank you. That's really interesting. And, and Finn, what about you from your perspective? Yes, <clears throat> I have given some uh, lectures about this history in uh, wound healing beforehand. And uh, I had one of them which was uh, going 30 years back, which is actually actual now. Mm. And uh, the three challenges I was looking at at that time was that the first uh, challenge was lack of interest in the wound for wound management for the medical specialities. At that time, it was only nurses doing anything with wound patients. Doctors don't interest it at all with it. And one of the things was also at that time, it's very difficult to make research with wound patients because it takes a long time. And if you are a young doctor, you need to get some quick answers and make some articles. And for this reason, research was not 
existing at that time. That was the first uh, uh, one. The second challenge was lack of knowledge and education in the healthcare personnel. And uh, the third one was lack of structure of treatment and political awareness. That's the three thing I was thinking about 30 years ago. As Jan said, it was very little knowledge at all. And uh, if you ask some of your colleagues, they have seen a patient with a wound, but they didn't know what to do and they were not interested. Mm-hmm. So do you think any of those have changed then, uh, Finn? So you said 30, you know, lack of education and things. Mm. Yes, I, I have uh, actually, I have tried to answer some of the things. The first challenge of the interest, there's still a minor interest in many places, but it has increased tremendously. And I would say that uh, this is uh, related to the second challenge, that we have many societies now. One of them is humor, which has actually had meetings. We have journals and education tools. And we also have uh, or developed all the market for uh, dressings. And uh, basic and clinical research has improved. Tremendously, and we are also in our area focusing on evidence and outcome. And the third uh, structure, the third challenge, which was on the structure, we have got many more uh, treatment structures uh, established in many places. We have multidisciplinary organization, we have multidisciplinary teams, and uh, we have a growing political interest, which you. Yuma has been part of because they have had, we have had meetings, Jan had, and I have been part of it all in between with EU and so on. So we have raised the interest uh, with the political persons too. Mm-hmm. And of course, Yuma has been working hard over the last few years um, on curricular documents for physicians and nurses. So um, I would point our listeners towards those, uh, our Yuma website to, to read those as well. So thank you for your insights there. So another question I'd like to ask you, um, since 1991, when Yuma was founded, what has been the greatest changes in wound management in your point of view? So Jan, would you like to, to take this question first? Well, regarding wound management, I would say that uh, um, people have started to understand the complexity when you want to treat the patients with chronic wounds, particularly in patients what we call what you call multi-organ disease. That is not that simple that you can start with one technique dressing or, or through the whole process. You actually have to understand deeper what are the limiting factors when you want to treat patients like this and to put it into a package. That was the basic concept and in the introduction in what you and I call interdisciplinary care and the need that you have to join forces. It's not as simple that you just choose change the dressing or something like that. The other thing is that the barrier you have to understand is also the challenges that you actually bear to change the healthcare system. Since the problem in wound management has been that you don't have a discipline. They don't belong to, they belong to everyone and to no one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very perceptive comment, I think, absolutely. And, and Finn, from your point of view, what do you think the greatest changes in wound management have been? 
Uh, I mentioned beforehand uh, part of the solving of the challenges, and I will still focus on that. I think the most important has been that we have increased knowledge and education, so because uh, there has always, in Denmark at least, we have had a long time with nurse education in wounds, uh, but uh, we have actually got into the system, the healthcare system in Denmark now, that we also have education for for other types of food therapists and uh, doctors and so on. So that has been, from my point of view, the key problem uh, which has uh, been focused on. And I think uh, that if we can get it in, as Jan said, a little as a part of the healthcare, it is accepted now as a part, but we are not a speciality. We will never be a speciality because in our area, about seven specialities has to be involved to be uh, the best part, uh, the best way to, to treat uh, wound patients. So we will never be a speciality itself in wounds, but we have uh, in Denmark, we have uh, interest areas, we call it, and uh, we make an education for this. And it has been done for doctors too. Mm, yeah, okay, that's interesting. So moving on, I'd like to ask you about which factors have been key to successful changes being introduced Equally, have there been any barriers to creating change in wound management? Um, Jan, would you like to take this? Well, I think one of the issues that was very raised about 10, 15 years ago to Yuma was actually that we had to go, you can say it, that we had to go outside the box. But basically, we had been focused so much on, on supporting healthcare staff to deliver adequate treatment but we had to go outside into the other parts of the healthcare system and to the political world to direct them to understand not only the importance of treating patients with wounds, but also to understand that these patients, when they have these kind of problems, actually illustrates the deficit in the healthcare system. That means that you, you can't do it as a single problem. You had to join forces and you had to use it interdisciplinary. If you don't do it, you will fail because the patient will be stuck in the system. The second area that was actually very important that made a difference, and that is something that from a clinical point of view is boring, that is called health economics. And the reason was basically that we managed through Yuma to raise the awareness on the tremendous amount of resources that are spent in the healthcare system and outside the healthcare system for these group of patients with various kind of wounds. Okay, thank you. And then Finn? I, I will uh, really support Jan in this uh, question about the health economic, uh, which has been involved, because we know all of us, uh, if you want to have influence in the healthcare system, it ha you have to be proven that the patient you're treating is very expensive. Economy is extremely important in this area, and I think we have made so much of, uh, progress in that, uh, the, showing that the wound patient is extremely economically uh, related to expensive. They are very expensive in the long run if we are going to treat them without healing. And uh, that has been, from my point of view, one of the best things we have done to get through with the uh, improvement in the wound area. Uh, I would say that 
<clears throat> the problem with has been in the, the wound healing area is it's very often old and fragile people which has a wound. And I say the only time this type of pe uh, people is interesting for the political persons is just before an election. Because they are vote, they have one vote like everybody else, but very often they are forgotten after an election and nobody is looking at that. And now we have shown it's very important with the economy because it's, they are so expensive. A second thing from my point of view is that there's becoming more young wound patients. The diabetic area has exploded partly, and that means a lot of young people has been wound patient too in the long run. And that has made a, a huge influence because if you're cutting off a leg in a young person, it has tremendous problems in the long run for this patient and for the uh, healthcare and also for the government. So I think that's one of the things which is most important for what we have got success and get it out. Mm -hmm. And in terms of health economics, we know that for wounds, preventative measures uh, are very important, pre but prevention costs, doesn't it? You have to invest in prevention, which is a, a costly asset. So I guess we need to think about preventative measures moving forward, particularly, as you say, for the younger person um, who could have significant effects from losing a limb. Yeah. So moving on to um, our next question, uh, what role would you say that humour has played in driving change or perhaps raising awareness of challenges and opportunities in the last 30 years? Jan, from your point of view? Well, I mean, you can look at that different levels. The first level is that humour has made it possible to see these conference and educational activities to raise support for the healthcare provider closest to the patient that treatments actually exist and you can maybe be successful. On the second level, Yuma has made it possible for clinicians who are specialized in wounds actually to try to get a way to understand which treatments delivers added value compared to not otherwise treatments. Now today, you almost have to give the same type of evidence regarding wound management like you have to do in other kind of medicine. The third level, and that has been uh, uh, challenging for Yuma to go into direction, that is what we talk now earlier, earlier on in this uh, discussion, is how to meet policymakers and to speak their language to increase the awareness and the importance to actually adapt the healthcare system and the reimbursement system to make it possible to treat these and prevent these patients in their very difficult situations. Because we also have to understand that in the European Commission, there is no specific division for healthcare. So you actually have to create an environment in which they understand the importance of it. Mm -hmm. So, Jan, if I can ask you a follow-up question on that, what would be your message to policymakers? You know, what would be your strong message that you think they would listen to? I think that the key importance in passion is that they have that you have to create an environment where you actually look at these factors as something that you can't look at the traditional way 
of clinics, you have to do what we call an interdisciplinary activity where you can support and, and deliver patients for treatment irrespective in which discipline they are involved. Mm, okay, yeah, that's really important. And Finn, so we were talking about how humour has played um, its role in driving change or raised awareness of challenges and opportunities in the last 30 years. Um, I think uh, during the 30 years that humour <clears throat> has developed to be a leading uh, European organisation in regard to development new evidence and base technologies. Uh, so I must say when I started, uh, there was actually two uh, wound healing societies in in Europe. Uh, Yuma started uh, in ninety one, and at the same time, almost the same time, ETRS uh, started European Tissue Repair Society. And ETRS is a much more clinical, no, uh, scientifically based organization. And it's very worth it that they what they have done. But I still think Yuma uh, was the clinical part of it. And the clinical part is, from my point of view, the key point for development, for the real treatment. And for this reason, Yuma has developed uh, much, much more, what we say, than ETRS. I actually been president for ETRS too, so I know a little about that. But uh, Yuma is most important because of the clinical part. And I must say that uh, in the beginning, when Yuma was connected to, and actually to, uh, what shall I say, uh, a, a company, a publishing company, we didn't develop very much. But when we became uh, ourselves, I think we have the possibility to make major uh, meetings and also make uh, clinical investigations that way around. And I must say that uh, I think humor is very important for what where we are standing today, both uh, for research in uh, healing wound healing itself, but also the economical part of it, and I, I was will hope that we can continue what we have done the last years with major meetings, which I know it can be difficult in the future. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. So finally, I'd just like to ask you both, maybe what would be your key take home message for our listeners? With you know, uh, in terms of. Uh, maybe how they can overcome challenges and opportunities. But sort of what's your key thoughts, Jan? I think that the key message basically is that everyone can make a difference. Because the knowledge is there. You can get help. You can create your personal network, even if you feel you're alone in a home care facility or in primary care. But by joining forces and using relations, even if you don't have a physical uh, capacity around you, you can always make a difference by using the support of humor and all there's always a way to come true. We are not, uh, we don't have to sacrifice our patients in these hard times we have now. We will always make a difference. Thank you. And Finn, how about you? What's your key take home message? It's it probably very much like Jan said uh, that we. I would say the way I have felt all the time, we shall continue fighting for that uh, we can be better for treatments, we can organize ourselves better, and we can think about that we we are multidisciplinary team. All of us need to be involved, doctors, nurses, podiatrists, and so on. 
and we shall fight for that because if we are working together lonely in each group, we will never get together. And that's the reason we should come to the meetings, meet each others, and uh, what I explain differences and also uh, make experience of how we do things. So the, I will say continue fighting. We are not there yet from my point of view. Wound area should be a part of the healthcare, which I think we almost is in Denmark now, but still it is a problem. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So thank you, Professor Applequist and Professor Gottschup for your insights. I think what's really come across quite strongly is, is the need for education, which you are addressing, as I mentioned, the need for interdisciplinary teamwork. And again, that's something that you have been working very hard on including the, the patient or person. So we have our person-centered care uh, document as our, and also our multidisciplinary teamwork documents. And then also what came across is the health economics and raising political awareness with policymakers. And I think, again, that's something that we're doing through our humor activities. So thank you. You've been listening to an episode of the Yuma podcast focusing on 30 years of the European Wound Management Association. Our next podcast episode will examine what has changed since the Yuma 25th anniversary in 2016. Our guests will be Kirsi Eiserherinen and Severin Lodgell. Don't forget that you can listen to our previous podcast episodes by visiting our website www.yuma.org If you enjoyed our podcast don't forget to like and share it with your colleagues Finally, we hope to see you at Yuma 2022 on the 1st to the 3rd of February 2022 in Paris, France Until the next time, thank you